0: The uh, last sessions, sessions of this particular retreat before i get started um i would personally like to thank and i had the list my list um damn it um i would just like to thank the folks who who had the idea to put this all together and i know that it's a lot of work and behind the scenes and all that stuff and for our our technical gurus I want to say that I was thoroughly impressed with the way that all of this worked this more uh, yesterday, going into the chat rooms and and all that other stuff. I, I um, because I'm a luddite, the fact that I have a computer is a miracle in and of itself, and the fact that I have uh, I'm on Zoom once again is another miracle of this program. But what you all did, and I, the the ones that I can kind of remember. I won't even mention names because if I forget somebody, I'll be on their resentment list. So I'll just say thank you for the to the committee for your work and for willing to do all of this. And for those of you who didn't like the way anything was done, remember, if you would like to have things done the way you want it done, sign up to help out next year to do the retreat. And for those of you who have never been to um, Whitby Island, it's an absolutely gorgeous retreat. I was there years ago. There's a whole story about how my luggage went to Canada and I flew back to Denver, which is just an absolute riot. But anyway, um, that's pretty much it. And um, before we start, uh, let's take a moment of silence for the still suffering compulsive overeater inside and outside these rooms. And um, this morning, let's start with the third step prayer. God, God, I offer myself, myself to, be, to thee to build with me, me and to do with to me as thou wilt. Relieve me, me of the bondage of yourself, self, that I may better do thy, thy will. Take, take away, me away me. my difficulties,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that victory over me them, me them, be the witness to those I would help of thy love. power, thy love, thy way of life. I love. May I, may, I, may I do thy may will. I will always. And I do always. Yeah. So, our dear blessed Tana will lead us off this morning. He, he claims to be a gentleman. He just. <laughs> hey, that's need... taking time up, woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I want to also thank the amazing team who's put this together. You guys have done a great job. And I'll move right into tradition 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, TV, and other public media of communication. The spiritual principle is anonymity or attraction rather than promotion. Do we walk the talk or only talk the talk? Or you catch more flies with honey than vinegar? As applied to relationships, each partner best conveys his or her beliefs and philosophy by traction rather than promotion. Anonymity is a valuable asset to the relationship. So how well do I live by the 11th tradition in all my affairs? And these questions are in the handout that uh, hopefully all of you have. If not, they're they're kind of loosely taken from the The 12 and 12, uh, second uh, edition. I may have threw in a few extra ones myself just to spice things up. So first question, how does my family or my organization, my faith community or my uh, department of work, makes its family meetings or work meetings known to others who may want to attend? So, you know, in in my uh, family, when there's a family meeting, by God, everybody's attending. You don't have a choice, <laughs> but you know it's um, you know so you know periodically we do have family meetings when we need to discuss something uh, serious oh, yeah. and you know have have the whole family there to make to make some group decisions. At work, um, I know that when I was a, a, a manager, you know I made my meetings very well known um, to my to my team now uh within my organization that's not always that doesn't always happen and what i what i see is when uh when meetings aren't held regularly and they're not made well known that creates a lot of disunity um so anyway second questions can i do good things for our relationships anonymously do i do good things for my and do I do good things for my relationships anonymously? And this could be relationships could be your, your partner, your coworkers, friends and family. Uh, it could be just people in general out in the universe. And for this, you know, I, I try to do this. And, you know, it could be anything from paying the toll of the person behind me when I'm driving across the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, when I live down there you know, just doing chores around the house. And I, and I know I've talked about this. I am so bad at homework or not homework. Uh, well, that too sometimes, but housework. And, you know, I don't feel the need to say to my family, oh, by the way, I clean out the dishwasher. No, I just go do it. And, um, you know, or work, you know, definitely, you know, I'll do good things and I'll give out little, like little, I'll send little emails to, if someone's done a really great job for me, I really believe in in letting other people know and lifting people up, you know, when it's well deserved. And so I will send emails to the managers say, hey, person X did a great job. And I just wanted to let you know. And the reason why one of the reasons why I do this, you know, outside of my, you know, one of the reasons why I do this is because people usually hear people report bad things. You hear all the, the the nasty stuff and i've had many you know managers say well thank you for letting me know i usually only hear bad bad things about the people you know bad reports and so it's really nice to get good feedback and and that was really interesting for me to hear this so that's one of the things i do try to do is is report on the good things um you know question 3 do i proselytize when talking about issues am i guilty of promotion rather than attraction well i got to admit sometimes if i really feel something's great I became I become the the spokesperson, so I've got to watch this in OA, and I've also got to watch this um, just outside, in general. Because if I'm really excited about something, I can just start, you know, uh, getting really excited about it and and talking about. It. So I have to kind of okay, it's attraction rather than promotion, and and I, I really, um, it's something I really have to watch about myself, especially if I'm excited or enthusiastic about something. So are my relationships, question four, treated uh, with care in public? Is my partner or my coworker uh, ever embarrassed or humiliated by my actions or appearances in public? Hopefully not. I mean, on occasion, I'm sure I embarrass my husband because I'm kind of weird. But (laughs) I know I certainly embarrass my kids in public sometimes, especially when I say, you can either walk next to me in the mall or I'm going to skip down the mall singing Dear Abby by, you know, by a... By a well-known folk singer and uh, embarrass you, so you're gonna you're gonna sit next to me. But at least I give them a warning. Um, <laughs> but you know, I do I do believe that it's important to treat our relationships and care with care in public. You know, whether it be my my company, uh, my husband. You know, dress reasonably when I go out. Um, not like you know I just crawled out of a sleeping bag in the woods. Um, you know, treating my relationships with care show that I respect them. You know, uh, number five, do I think my relationships are attractive to others? Do I lead by example or do I give relationships a bad name? One of the things I think is really important in my relationships is, you know, you know, I don't go out and badmouth my my spouse or my kids. Now, you know, I may, you know, I'm, I have certain, you know, friends that I, you know, like recently my kids just blew me away with something really obnoxious they did. And so they were sending me text messages and I was sending, I was forwarding the text to a few close friends of mine and we were chuckling about it. But in general, um, you know, I don't like go on Facebook and say, can you believe what my kid just, oops, excuse me, social media. I shouldn't have said that the the social media, but I don't go on social media and, and talk and, and diss my husband or my, my kids. Um, You know, I, I don't uh, go to work and diss my uh, spouse who also works at the same company or diss my family or, you know, so, um, you know, I I do try to, um, I really do try to live by the principle of anonymity and I'm much better now than I was, say, you know, 30 years ago, when, you know, 32 years ago, when I first started program, it's something that, you know, when I go through these traditions, it's just like a serious four-step on all my relationships. And again, why do I care about relationships? Why do I care about these traditions? And, um, you know, I've, I know I said this every day, but, you know, we, we may getting, be getting new people every day. And it's because my relationships and angst in my relationships is what makes me want to eat. When I have difficulty with my relationships, the first thing I get is hungry. And so if I can, if I can follow these traditions in my relationships, I have much better relationships and I have a lot less temptation to go to the food. Um, thoughts in which to meditate. Attraction rather than promotion is good for us and essential for the OA fellowship. Our individual recovery as well as group unity and effectiveness depends on this unusual type of public relations. The 11th tradition is based on faith in our program and in that power greater than ourselves that guides compulsive overeaters to our doors. All we have to do is let the facts about OA and its principles be known. We can depend upon our higher power and this program to attract those who can benefit by what OA has to offer. When we maintain our tradition of anonymity, we ensure that OA remains a spiritual fellowship supporting all of us in a recovery. This is pages 197 and 198 of the OA 12 and 12. I think I got that right. Those pages may be not be, they they may not be correct actually looking at it. Um, I think those, it's the end of the uh, traditional 11 in the OA 12 and 12, like one of the last paragraphs. So some some things about, some things to uh ponder things about which to meditate how does oa public publicize its principles but not individual members you know when i first came into program they would say you know person x who's wrote this uh book is going to be leading a retreat uh soon thereafter because of issues of anonymity they stopped doing that and they only um allowed you know, a person who has many years of recovery or a person with 30 years of recovery, they stopped that because it was in, uh, it was in uh, violation. It was not in keeping with the 11th tradition. Um, guidelines for carrying Always Message Outside the Fellowship, uh, pages 158 and 159. Humility, if you want to know more about humility, you can look in the index in the back where it says humility or look on page 160. And then finally, why is anonymity in the public important and how does it protect the fellowship? Pages 159 160. and 160. With that, I'm going to turn it over
0: to Mike. Okay, thank you. And, and Tana was was correct when she was talking about that uh, that quote. That pages 197 and 198 are from the first edition of the OA 12 and 12. We are now uh, utilizing the second edition of the um, of the OA uh, the OA 12 and 12 to uh, conduct this retreat. Um, the, um, the, The 11th step is sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And the 11th tradition is our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Uh, a couple of things. Um, what I want to say about step 11 is um, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Well, I'm going to make this exceptionally bold proclamation that I've some of you may have heard me say before and all this other stuff. But I know what God's will is for each and every one of us in this room. And some of you will go, Well, how in the world does he know that? And I, once you hear what I'm going to say, you, I don't think you'll argue too much with me. Truthfully, God's will for each of us in this particular program is to abstain from compulsive overeating. That's it. The rest of the stuff uh, uh, and how we do with stu- stuff. Is if you'll excuse the food expression, is just gravy. But if if I abstain, that um, because God's will for me is to abstain, then the rest of life I will have clarity of thought to do this stuff. And I also, you know, when um, OA received permission to um, to use the twelve steps and twelve traditions and change certain things, I think it was most prescient um, on our on our founder to um, to include the levels of press radio films television and other public media of communication little did they know in 1960 that um, that there was be this explosion of, of public media and our organ and 12-step organizations having to learn how to deal with anonymity on public media so so how are the, the Principles of Spiritual Awareness and Anonymity Tied Together. Well, the questions I have is, how has prayer and meditation increased your spiritual awareness in your home, work, OA, social situations? How has spiritual awareness led you to a greater understanding of anonymity, particularly in regards to the use of social media at home, work, away, in the social life, you know, one of the things that I really have found, um, so many of us, we always say that we don't want to be seen and we don't want to be heard, and we have this thing about about um, about this, that, and the other thing, and yet, so many folks, and I, and I don't know the folks in OA, but so many folks who always say, well. I really don't want to cause controversy. I just want to remain anonymous. Well, how in the world can I remain anonymous if my name is plastered all over the thing? You know, anonymity for us is not um, is not sharing our name. Here's, here's truthfully what drives me crazy is I happen to know Tana's last name. Tana knows my last name. I don't know a lot of people's last name in this program because if something happens to someone how am i going to be able to send them a, a card or something like that um, for example when my dad died the oa members didn't know where to send a sympathy card for the simple fact i always let my name be known but but i was uh but how are we supposed to let folks know and uh in OA we're not doing this to um to promote ourselves it's 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 when we get in the public that we are very cautious with sharing our our last name and stuff in OA we need because because you all are going to be doing service at some point people need to know your last name your email address your phone number and your home address at times that's all there is to it but there's that spiritual uh, awareness, you know, that an- our anonymity is one of the most precious things that we have. And that's that spiritual awareness of waking up and going, oh, I can do this that way. I can share all of this information and I can still remain anonymous. For example, I know that years ago when we would have a um, a newsletter and people would um write stuff, and they w- would choose to be anonymous because um, of whatever. And see, the other part of it is, it protects people who come into our program who are very visibly known to the general public. They have a right to be just a plain old OA member, just like you and I. But our, but we, but um, I have the responsibility um to care, that this is where that part praying for the knowledge of his will for us and the parody to, to carry that out. I had that spiritual awareness to realize that that individual's anonymity is very important to them because they are here to recover from a devastating disease, not to be, not to be, um, not to be just looked at as, as, Oh, that's, um, Paul, um, uh, Paul Goodtime from, you know, a big TV show and stuff. He's here to recover from the disease of compulsive overeating. And we do not have, and I do not have the right to go out and tell everybody this stuff. The spiritual awareness of anonymity is, anonymity is one of the most precious spiritual things that you will ever do in this program. I really believe that. Because when we choose to do something and not have the whole world know about it, it is a frickin' big deal. Like um, like, there are times that when, when I've done stuff at work, I just do this stuff and I don't need the kudos that go with it. Part of me sometimes goes, well, why should I be receiving kudos for what I think is supposed to be part of my job anyway? Anonymity equals for me at times to go back to that, to that um, thing of humility. Humility and anonymity walk hand in hand because it means that we, if we are really choosing to live in anonymity and living to doing um, uh, an anonymity with the humility, then we are really doing uh, God's will of just doing what we see that needs to be done. That's where the spiritual awareness and anonymity come in. We see what needs to be done. We don't need to to get all this praise and adulation for doing what I think needs to be done. And, And sometimes we have to have the humility to let folks say, you really did a good job and blah, 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 blah. And I have to have the humility enough to say, oh, gee, oh, oh. Instead, all I have to do is say thank you and move on. Anonymity and humility walk hand in hand with that, folks. And that spiritual awareness, being uh, spiritually alive and awake and aware of what I need to do. See, that's the other part of anonymity. We can sit back. Many of us um, have given a great deal of service to this program in one way or the other, whether it be at the personal group, intergroup, region, or world service levels. And we do it because, well, let's face it, because we're selfish, self-seeking, self-centered, and self-righteous. We want to do that for us. But also, we don't need to do all of this stuff because of what goes on. Here's one of the stories that I'm going to say about the spiritual awareness. When I was a trustee, we had this workshop, I was supposed to lead this workshop, and it was, it was by, by um, let me see, by the, by the literature, or I'm trying to, uh, some, I can't remember, it was some, some shranky title. The workshop was a failure, and the board of trustees at the time was trying to figure out how to put together a newcomer's packet and all that other stuff. And for those of you years ago, remember that uh, wonderful newcomer's packet that came about? It came about because of a failed workshop that I did. Because I found out what everybody else put in a packet. I took it back to the board. And we as a, uh, as a board of trustees figured out what should be in that packet with the help of the literature department, the big sellers. And through that, I was anonymously able to help many newcomers that came in the program. That, my friends, is that spiritual awareness of listening and doing what what god asked me to do and yet be anonymous and be able to help so many people that's that's a little sidelight that a lot of people don't know and i don't go around telling that a lot and i don't know why i said it this morning anyway so we're finished with that and we will go on now to tradition 12 and it will be uh tana's turn to go
1: thanks mike Tradition 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions. Every reminding is to place principles before personalities. The principle is spirituality. Otherwise known as, it's not all about me or anonymity does not mean putting my lofty principles before my partner's contaminated personality. (laughs) As applied to relationships, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of our way of life as marriage partners or as friends or colleagues at work or in our uh, faith community, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. This spiritual substance of anonymity is sacrifice. So how well do I live by the 12th tradition? You know, question one, do I practice anonymity or humility in my relationships with others? Do I value each individual's importance or uniqueness within our relationship in our family or work environment. And, you know, it's, um, this, is, this, is a, this is a challenging one to practice, especially when you've got to work with someone who irritates the crap out of you. Um, you know, one of the things, I've talked about this colleague of mine who thank God lives on the other side, the other coast of the US, otherwise he'd be buried in my backyard because he irritates the crap out of me. And he, and my sponsor has heard about this guy for 25 years. Mike has heard about him for at least 22 years. And, um, you know, and it's like, one of the ways that I practice anonymity in this relationship with this person is, even though we, I know we irritate the crap out of each other's, but I know that he has some real strengths. And, you know, and I, t- when when he does a good job, I tell him. I say, you know, I'm so glad that you did this. You're you're really the expert on this, or thank you for writing this article, or and I I play him up to you know I I tell others, hey, this is the person you want to talk to about this issue because he really is the expert. Now, if I wanted to be snippy and pissy, I would just badmouth him, you know. And sometimes I do grouse about him a little bit. So that's sometimes I am maybe not as practicing the traditions as, as I should be, but. But I really do try to let him know what I appreciate what he's done and let us, you know, let other people know the good that he does, you know, kind of like catch people doing the the good, Um, you know, in my family, you know, um, it's, uh, you know, I I value each of my kids for different reasons. I value my husband very much Um, and, you know, and make sure and I try to let them know that I do appreciate them and, you know, I do try to speak. Uh, you know, well of them with others. And, um, you know, rather than, you know, how important I am to the, 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 you know, in a work situation, instead of, you know, me, 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 you know, I'm the one that, that knows everything, you know, elevate others, you know, elevate others in the in the unique contributions they bring to a project or to a group or whatever, you know, in my family, you know, talking about how you know, one particular person is always very helpful and how much I appreciate that. So it's, it's kind of making it about, you know, it, I don't know if I'm explaining this really clearly, but it's, it's recognize the uniqueness in other people and what they bring to the table and not making it all about me. Uh, The second one, uh, second question, am I I careful not to gossip? Do I repeat personal information that I've heard to others? This is a real tough one for me. I'm really good with this tradition in program, but where I, I struggle with gossip sometimes is at work. You know, did you hear so and so just left the company? You know, wonder what that's all about. You know, it's. I try really hard not to do this, and but I got to admit this is this is one of my character defects that sometimes sneaks out. I do really, uh, you know, but but I've I've made so many gains on this compared to when I first entered program. You know, I have a coworker who has a lot of personal it stuff going on that I, I'm aware of it, but I don't talk about it. They'll say, well, have you heard about so-and-so? And I'll say, you know, um, I'll just say, you know, I, I just don't think he's feeling really well today, but I'll just, you know, I don't say, well, he has this diagnosis and this and this and this and this, and this is going on. I'll just, I just try to keep it real generic and uh, just re- as generic as I can. Um, you know, to be honest, but yet not really repeat anything that I've been told not to repeat. Um, You know, if if something's going on with with my husband, I don't go out and tell my whole friend group, well, my husband has got this going on and you wouldn't believe, you know, and you know, I may share with a few really close friends, you know, this is this is something that's troubling me, but I don't go out and spread it. I keep their, their anonymity. Uh, do I value, question three, do I value all my relationships as equals or do I treat some as stars as, or as gurus? You know, this is one thing that I um, have gotten much better with uh, over the course of program. I used to treat, um, you know, my sponsor as, you know, the, the the best thing since sliced bread. And she is the best thing since sliced bread. But I, I, I realize now that she's simply a compulsive overeater just like me. And... And so I, you know, there's one thing about elevating a person saying, you know, this person is really good at doing, you know, job X or giving a retreat on this. That That's one thing is, is, is giving them, uh, raising them and pe- making people aware that of a good job they've done. That's very different than putting them on a pedestal and idolizing, you know, putting on a pedestal and idolizing is not healthy for anyone. It's not healthy for the other person. It's not healthy for me. Um, You know, question four, do I support and trust the collective decisions of my family or of OA or my work? Or do I let one or several strong personalities run everything? Do I speak up for OA principles, even if someone might be displeased? Um, You know, this is something that I've I've struggled with and I've gotten much better at. In group conscious decisions, sometimes, you know, I disagree. Fortunately, in, in my groups, people really they study the traditions and, you know, my home meeting is a very healthy meeting and, you know, and I don't really have an issue with the group conscience in my history in a way where I have trouble with the group conscience is if I feel like people are not in keeping with the traditions and um, you know, all I can do is, is voice my concerns. Generally when I voice, voice my concerns that traditions aren't being followed, people will look at the traditions and, uh, and and good decisions will be made. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And then I have to trust that my higher power will work through these people. And eventually people will come to their sense to speak. And it may not look like what I think it should look like, but God has a way of infusing God's self in these decisions. And things tend to work out or the meeting folds, because we all know that groups that don't follow the traditions and don't Kind of right the ship tend to hold. Um, you know, do I confuse OA principles with my own personal opinions? Uh, you know, that sometimes, you know, when I first started, before I started studying the traditions, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, since st- working with the traditions and learning about the traditions and really studying it. It's, it's much easier. You know, it is so much easier to learn about the traditions and follow them because then I know I'm doing the right thing. The minute I get into my opinion, I get into trouble because, you know, my personal opinions will get me, they always get me into trouble you know, if I'm not in keeping with the traditions. And I don't care if it's in OA or if it's at work. I may have certain really strong opinions about things. All I can do is say, this is my experience. And I do try to couch things as, instead of this is my opinion, just this is my experience. And the group may or may not take what I say. They may totally just ignore me. And, and that's always really painful. But it does happen sometimes. And then I just have to, it's like, okay, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. God has a way of riding the ship. And it may not look like how, I think it should look, but it always ends up working out in the long run. So thoughts on which to meditate. This is from pages 163 to 164 of the OA 12 and 12. As we recover in OA, we come to feel that anonymity is one of our most precious possessions. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of our transformed lives, as well as, as well of OA's traditions. We are compulsive overeaters living in recovery, no longer in bondage to food. We know that support for our recovery will always be here as long as we remember to place principles before personalities, respecting these vital 12 traditions which bind us together in the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous, page 168 of the OA 12 and 12, second edition. Living by the 12 traditions of OA requires that we adopt attitudes that seem strange at first to many of us. For instance, we place the welfare of the OA group above our own desires, tradition one. We give up aspirations to govern our fellow members, tradition two. We welcome to our meetings all with a desire to stop eating compulsively, no matter what we think or feel about them, tradition three. We give up dependence on authorities and power structures, along with ambitions to climb to the top of some imagined OA ladder, traditions four and nine. We cease attempts to use OA to promote our favorite outside issues and enterprises, traditions five, six, and 10. We pay our own way and quit expecting others to keep OA going without without our help. Tradition seven. We give up all aspirations to gain status as special OA members. Tradition eight. We give up all ambitions that we might someday be acclaimed for our OA recovery or service. Tradition 11. Behind all of these self sacrificing attitudes is a single spiritual foundation so important to our fellowship, it is part of our name, anonymity. Tradition 12. So, um, anonymity is a spiritual foundation, is, is a spir- spiritual principle, our foundation. That's discussed on page. Uh, 164. Anonymity is not secrecy, page 165. Um, You know, and there's, there's, um, you know, why don't we list speakers names and retreats days in OA or workshops, page 167. How anonymity helps helps us stay abstinent. This is important. Again, page 167. And, um, you know, I think that I will, I'll stop here and, and, and give it over to Mike because I believe I've used up my time. But there are a few other uh, things in the handout that you may want to look at, Mike.
0: Okay, thank you, Tana. So, with this, um, with this, um, the 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 twelfth step says, <clears throat> excuse me, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs uh of course the spiritual principle is service and then anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our tr- all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities and the spiritual principle of that is spirituality um i want to talk about about um step 12 just but for a moment. There are three succinct things that are mentioned in step 12. Step 12 first says having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. It didn't say that we might have had or that we're going to have or in the future we will have. It states having had A spiritual awakening as the result of these steps so it means by the time we get to step 12 we have had a spiritual awakening that's the first thing number two we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters having had that spiritual awakening from the result of these steps we carry the message to the still suffering compulsive overeater and the third and most important part that I believe of this is and to practice these principles in all our affairs, not just OA affairs, but in all our affairs. So notice, there are, are three things with that. First, there's the personal. We've had a spiritual awakening. Second. Uh, within our organization itself. We carry the message to those who still suffer. And the third, we go out into the real world and practice what we have learned by living these steps um, to the real world. We are then able to be of service um, to, to our fellow OA members and to the world at large. And also, believe it or not, we learn how to be of service to ourselves because... Of that spiritual aspect of um, of placing the principles of our life before the personalities there is the rub um, you know the questions that I have is how are you able to be of service at home work o a social situation while practicing these principles in all our affairs how are how am I able to put these spiritual principles before personalities at home, work, OA, social situations on a daily basis? It's one thing to come here and we can all really be so gaga and just be so warm and lovey-dovey with everybody, even people who, whom we might not uh, agree with on some things. But we, we, we are living these principles at, at a retreat. What are you like when you go home after the retreat? Are you really placing the principles before personalities when you get home? Say, See, the worst part in many respects, I always like to hear about when people go home and they have to deal with their husbands and kids because they just go, I wanted to go home and just do nothing. But I had to remember that while I was at the retreat doing this, this, and this, my husband had to put up with the kids um, or spouse or whomever had to put up with the kids while I was out becoming holy and spiritual and how spiritual was I when I got home because the dishes weren't done, um, the, the, the whatever fed sugar to everybody, including the animals and all this other stuff. And they were all, all wilder than marsh hares. Um, what kind of service is that taking home when, we get, when I get wound up tighter than an eight day clock? and um complain moan and go and see the worst part for me not the worst part but when i come home i don't come home to a family i come home to me so how am i going to treat myself when i get home see and that's where this service part comes in if i cannot treat myself well i cannot treat you well truthfully folks that's that's what the steps have taught me. That's what that spiritual awakening has taught me. And what are these principles that I have learned through the traditions? and I'm, am I able to to um, carry those in my life to myself to my uh, members um, of my recovery community? But most important, to those outside. And my family is an outside issue because they are not in a 12-step program. And how do I actually treat them? And what principles actually are we trying to live by? Are we trying to live by Mike's principles? Or am I trying to live by the, the spiritual principles that have been laid out in our 12 and 12? You know, am I trying to live by the principle of service am i trying to live by the principle of spirituality spirituality is probably one of the most difficult things for many people to grasp in this program and personally i blame religion for 90 percent of that because every one of us is a spiritual being and we were never taught that i'm just making a bold statement there but here's what i really do believe We all pray and we all meditate in our own way. Every time that I think of an OA member, I'm praying. Every time that I think of my beloved parents and my brother Steve who passed, I'm praying. Every time that I stop and think, oh my gosh. So that's how that works. That was one of those meditative thoughts that came to me. That's that spiritual aspect because I've done my service work in in having had a spiritual awakening, carrying the message, and practicing these principles. These principles, of course, are principles and and how each of us take these principles and live them in my day in our daily lives depends upon how how well my spiritual life is going on a daily basis. There are some days that anonymity, I'm going to tell you up front, anonymity, and, and I, I, I just want to smack Tana because of that one question where it has, am I careful not to gossip? Well, I've got this person that uh, everybody has one person that somewhere in our lives just drives us crazy and they're still there. And there's this woman at work that just drives me absolutely nuts. And I have to remind myself that she, too, is a child of God. Now, do you know how difficult that is for me to say that? And I often wonder, and I have said, but God. What were you thinking? And yet, and yet what keeps me humble, folks, is I have to realize I am to some people what that person is to me. Um, I have to really look at that. And the other thing about putting people on pedestals, you know, I, I like that. Um, or do I treat some as stars or gurus, or uh, and, and we're always talking about putting people on pedestals? Well, I never ever want to be on a pedestal, because I know what pigeons do to things on pedestals, and I've already got enough of my own crap to clean up. I don't need to clean up the, pe- the pigeon poop as well. The thing of it is, with service, I find that all of the work that I, all of the service work that I have done in this program has given me the ability to practice these principles in all my affairs because I am attempting to place the principles before personalities. That makes sense? I, I learned in OA how to carry the message, how to give service, and also how to um, practice these principles and placing the principles, my beloved principles, before people, and when I do that, then everyone, and I mean literally everyone, gets treated with kindness, courtesy, compassion, respect. And isn't that what I think each of these principles from the steps and the traditions is asking us to do? And the most difficult person that I try to carry each of those things, compassion, concern, care, Um, is to myself. It's easy to do for everybody else, but to give that to myself is practicing those principles in all my affairs. And with that, I'll pass folks